Hey friend, and welcome back to She Speaks Life. I'm so glad you chose to listen today. Before we dive into this episode, I want to share with you a couple of things that you may be interested in. First, there is a free online four-day conference called Faith in Action that I've graciously been given this opportunity to talk about five ways to zap worry before it creates chaos. You know, we don't have to live in worry. In fact, God tells us not to worry and tells us how not to worry. So I'm super excited about sharing this. And in this conference, there's about 26 speakers all sharing on various topics, from how to trust God in trials to biblical marriage advice and much more. The link will be posted in the show notes below or better yet, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, jump on my website, jamieelizabeth.com. That's J-A-Y-M-E, elizabeth.com. And I'll have a direct link. Plus you'll receive a free download on God's ID, my ID, which is all about discovering God's characteristics and how it applies to your identity and him. And also coming up is a mom conference in Naperville, Illinois by ablemoms.org. This is a turnkey mom ministry designed to give practical and biblical principles in parenting, all while being with other moms in this season of life. I love this ministry so much, and I will be sharing on the sacred calling of motherhood, and I would just love to see you there. So whether you live near that area or you would like to do a little getaway with some friends, or maybe you know somebody that lives in Illinois near the Chicago area, please share with them and let them know. Hit this link in the show notes and you'll go directly to ablemoms.org and go under the event page and you can grab your ticket there. Or once again, get on my newsletter and you can get all the details on that as well. So with all those announcements being said, I am super excited to share with you my friend Tracy Harris. She is an author and a marriage and a relationship therapist. And we get to talk about her book called Many Voices, One Truth, Sifting Through Competing Noise That Interferes with the Savior's Voice. And it's so good, you guys. We talk about how to know you're listening to God's voice and determining truth from the lies and applying techniques for healthy thought patterns. And basically how she puts it is how to turn off the broadcast of the enemy's voice and turn up the voice of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And I love this conversation. We all need God's voice to be so much louder than what is going on around us. So here we are. We're going to dive into the conversation that I have with Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to She Speaks Life. I am so excited you're here today. Uh, Thank you for having me, Jamie. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I love the title of your book, uh, Many Voices, One Truth, Sifting Through Competing Noise That Interferes with the Savior's Voice. And before we dive in, I'd love to start us off with asking each guest, what is your favorite scripture verse and why? 
Jeremiah 33, 3. And it says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you things, wonderful things you do not know. And the reason that's um, my favorite uh, scripture verse is because it's a promise from God. Like if we call to him and ask him whatever it is we need to know, he promises to tell us the things that we we don't know and the things that we need to know, you know, and, and he's kept that promise. And, and one of the reasons I wrote the book is to help people to tune in to the frequency of his voice. Yeah. And I think that's a common thing that most people struggle with. Like, how do I know it's from God? How do I know uh, that it's his voice and not my voice or, you know, the enemy attacking me? So, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, your background. You're a licensed therapist. You're, you have a master's in clinical psychology in specifically in marriage and family, and you have a bachelor's degree in journalism and broadcasting. And so you help people work through the negative thoughts and, um, you know, patterns that can just really cause confusion for most people and really, you know, stop them from growing. And so what you do is you go through these steps and these tools that will help us to grow in our relationship with God and connect with him. So yes. I would love for you to just start us off with maybe a little more about who you are, your story. What brought you to write this book? Well, I am a child of God and a wife and mother. I'm a, a disciple of Jesus. And um, I, my, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. So I grew up you know, in the suburbs outside of New Orleans and moved to California in my adult years. And I live here with my husband and my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter, she's married and uh, has a, a child. So I'm also a grandma. And the thing that brought me to read this book uh, or to write this book was uh, one of my younger sisters had a crisis. And my response, my internal response had me really evaluating what I believed about myself and we're, you know, looking at what thoughts that I have that contribute to that belief, you know, and, and I thought I had dealt with all of that because one of the reasons I became a therapist is because I went to therapy and it worked. So at first I would send everyone to the therapist that I went to, but then one day God said to me, I need you to be a therapist. It was out of the blue mm. and I ran it by my husband and three of my closest friends and each of their response was something along the lines of, I could totally see you doing that. So I just applied uh, to grad school and got into Azusa Pacific, which is a, a private Christian university, because if I was going to study psychology, I wanted it to be from a biblical and Christian perspective. So that's where I went. But getting back to writing the book, I old, really old beliefs started surfacing, beliefs that you know, that I was evil and no good. And, and what was triggering that was because when I was there, I had a memory of being told when I was a little girl that I was going to die young. And although I had done away with that belief and put it aside, it was still deep in the recesses of my mind and of my heart. And so seeing my one of my baby sisters almost die 
it brought mm-hmm. that belief that, you know, I would die. And so I wanted to run away from that. It was just very, um, it was a, it's a lot to see one of your siblings go through something. And so deep down, I just wanted to get back home to California, to my loving husband and the safety of my own home and my children. Mm-hmm. And so it made me feel bad. Like it made me feel bad that I wanted to get away and get back to my safety. So it made me feel um, guilty and and sad. And I, I started having suicidal thoughts, which just seemed to come out of nowhere. But it was all of this mm-hmm. stuff, the childhood memory, wanting to escape it, feeling bad for wanting to escape it. And so I, I called a friend of mine and she listened patiently and she said, Tracy, none what you're feeling has nothing to do with all this stuff that's going on. It has more to do with what you believe about yourself. And so that was really, you know how when something says something and it resonates so profoundly that it just kind of yeah. slows you down on the inside in slow motion? Yeah. It got me to thinking like, you know, I do believe that I am saved but why do I still believe maybe I am going to hell? Why do I still believe I am evil or no good or something like that? And so it really made me sit down and really think through all of that. And I realized, uh, well, duh, a lot of people, I mean, my whole profession is about, you know, working with people's beliefs and how to manage their thoughts. You know, most of us think that the things that throw us for a loop are the situations and circumstances that we go through but they're not. It's what we think about those situations and circumstances. It's how we're processing it, what thoughts that, you know, from our past are being re-triggered and how do we manage and cope with that is what will cause us to feel a certain way or what will cause us to behave a certain way. So I just thought that, you know, this book is really needed and that I need to write it. Like the original working title of the book was called Belief Beyond Belief. Because it's one thing to believe what God says, but it's another thing to believe it so much that it's in the fiber of your being that you know what he says is true, you know? Totally. And that's where the transformation happens, right? That is. Yeah. So what do you do personally to get into the frame of mind of thought examination? Yeah, my my thought life is part of my daily quiet time. Like each morning I get up and I set aside time to be with the Lord in scripture and to pray. Um when I was younger as a as a Christian, I would be praying for like an hour and a half, 2 hours and I just I realized that I couldn't do that. Like I had unless I would get up super early in the morning. So I started dividing like Mondays, I pray for certain things and people to all the way through the week, you know, I'll pray for certain things. But part of my self-care and spirit care is, um, you know, centering prayer, which is a form of contemplative prayer. Nowadays, we call it mindfulness and meditation, but mindfulness is not the same as meditation. It's just mindfully being aware of what you're doing in the moment and where you're at. And meditation is more you know, contemplative or, or being in prayer. So one of the forms that I use, and I don't do it every day, it's just different forms of contemplative prayer that I engage in um, to help with my thought processes and to manage my thoughts and keep myself calm and centered. And centering prayer is one of them where you're just yeah. sitting quietly for 20 minutes. You consent to the Lord Jesus's presence and you allow him to bring up 
whatever he's going to bring up as you're sitting quietly with your eyes closed, mm -hmm. you have a focus word or phrase. And it, when, when my mind wants to roam and go in different areas, I'll bring it back, bring my mind back to that focus word or phrase and sit there. And then uh, when I come out of it, I'll journal what came to me. Sometimes I'll start journaling in the middle of it because it's coming to me, you know, in such a profound way that I have to write it down. But I think just like exercise and sleep, the things that we do every day, like we rest every day that keeps us going and rested and functional. Hopefully we exercise every day that keeps us um, healthy and, and balanced. Praying and, and using tools like contemplative prayer keeps the anxiety at bay. It keeps your mind clear enough so that you can focus on one thing and one thought at a time instead of being pulled in a million directions at one time. Yeah, so good. I mean, that's how I learned how to hear God's voice. I remember intentionally sitting there and just waiting. And I started to practice like the training my heart ears, you know, to hear his voice. And um, I, I didn't have a, a word necessarily like you were saying to focus on, which I think is so great. Um, but as my thoughts would drift, I would go back to God, I want to hear your voice. I want to know you. And, you know, just giving that time to God to just sit there is so essential in hearing his voice. I love in your book, the analogy of voices and broadcast networks. Can you expand a little bit more on that? Well, when I grew up, we had only four television channels. Cable was around when I grew up, mm -hmm. but we didn't have cable. We only had ABC, CBS, and NBC. They were called the big three. And then we had the P public um, one, the PBS. And so mm -hmm. I thought, you know, one day I was thinking about how, you know, just as you're watching television and tuned into this network or that network, you get to choose which one you'll tune into, whether it's ABC, mm -hmm. CBS, or NBC, or whatever. So in the same vein, whatever is broadcasting to your mind, whatever networks are vying for your attention, because all of the television networks vie for your attention as well with programming and commercials and whatnot. But the networks that, the, the major networks in our minds that vie for our attention are self, Satan, savior or society. So self, Satan, society, or savior. In the book, I have savior last because yeah, Jesus is competing for your attention too, but he is the still small voice and you have to choose to tune into him. You have to do these contemplative things. You have to be in the word because the other voices are very loud and very demanding. Like the self voice can either be good for you or bad, depending on what experience or what from your past and even present is informing you. The Satan voice, that's the enemy of your soul. And that's the biggest liar of all three. The self voice can lie too, based on your experiences and, and whatnot. And society can be either good or bad as well, like depending on what you're tuned into. Like, you know, there's a lot of people on social media that do really good things. And get out really good information to try to help people. 
And that's fine, you know, when you're listening to that and getting good from it or applying it in a great way. But if it's leading you to um, self-destructive behaviors or competition or being hard on yourself, then it's not a good source for you. The only voice that is good all the time and that is true all the time is the voice of the Savior. He is the one that you can depend on. Uh, 24-7. And the reason I say 24-7 is because even when you're sleeping, you know, the Bible says, you know, the, you know, God counsels your heart when you're asleep. So even when you're sleeping, you can depend on the Savior's voice. Yeah. Wow. That's good. And they all start with S. Like you happen to bring all of that to the letter S so that we could remember those. Those are that is so good. Okay, so do you have a set of scriptures to recommend somebody who on how to manage their thought life? Well, my favorite one, Jeremiah uh, thirty three three, uh, Romans twelve two, renew your mind. Any scripture that talks about you know casting down imaginations, like in Second Corinthians ten five, like those are some of my favorites. But if if your viewers uh, or listeners were to Google you know, scriptures that help me with my thought life, there's, um, you could pull up so many different ones. But the thing about reading those scriptures is you have to do what they say. You have to apply what you learn. And so what that means, like say, for instance, in Romans, where it says, renew your mind, what that practically means is to identify any thought or thought process that needs to go, that's not edifying you, that's not helping you draw closer to God and to others. That's not helping you uh, believe about yourself what God says to believe. You write it down and then you find a truth. And I would find a truth from your life. Like if there is one person in your life that has edified you, that has given you the communication that you are loved, that you are wanted, that you are adored, it doesn't have to be a parent. It could be a sibling. It could be a loved aunt or uncle. It could be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I find a scripture that says the same thing. You know, yeah. you are mine and I love you. I believe that's in Isaiah 40. You know, it's the only place that God says, I love you. I mean, he's telling us he loves us throughout the word, but go and find that scripture where God says, I love you. You know, and make sure it's a version like NIV that will will have it written that way. You know, so it, it, it's all at your it's all at your fingertips. One of the um, interventions that I do in my practice with teenage girls is I have them write uh, create a jar, and in that jar we found scriptures that tell them who they are according to what Christ says, according to what God says, and we tear them into strips fold them up and put them in the jar. And so they get to take the jar home. And on any given day, every day, they should, you know, pull out one and take it, read it, take it with them to school, slip it in their back pocket so they could pull it out every once in a while. But especially on days that's particularly hard or difficult, they can take, they can do that and pull it out to remind themselves of who God says they said, you know, says they are. And even saying, I believe, I believe, Lord God, help me overcome my disbelief. And I got that idea from my youngest daughter when she was 
I think about in fourth or fifth grade, she made what's called what she called a boredom jar. And in the boredom jar, she had written down on pieces of paper, different things that she can do when she was bored during the summer months. I mean, because you can't go to the beach every day and all day. You can't go to the park every day and all day. And so she would pull out different things that she can do so that she wouldn't give in to boredom. And I just thought that was genius and started using it with some of the older girls in my practice. So good. Okay. Let's talk about how your book can draw a reader into a, a deeper relationship with the Lord and more connected. What, what is the process in that? So when you get the book, what I would do is is read it. Like, Don't skip over the first chapters because the first few chapters talk about the differences between each voice. And they, they help you to uh, recognize the thoughts that you're having and where each of those thoughts are coming from, whether it's self, whether it's Satan, whether it's society, or whether it's the Savior. And then later in the book, and, and really throughout the book, there are different exercises that you can do. And many of those exercises are based on what I do here in my therapy practice when I'm helping people. A lot of them come from something called uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a form of therapy I use in my practice. Cognitions have to do with your thoughts and how your mind works. And behavior has to do with the behaviors you choose as a result of what's running through your mind. So a lot of the exercises are rooted in uh, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, and or and or uh, prayer practices that I've learned on prayer retreats that I've attended over the year. Most of over the years, most of them are contemplative forms of prayer. So when you read it, don't just take note of it. Like don't just because when you read it, if it is something that your soul needs, it will resonate with you, and you'll think, "Oh, what a great idea! This is so good." But it's mm-hmm. only information unless you apply it. So in many of the practices, I number them out, one, two, three, four, do this, then this, actually sit down and do it. You know, even if if the doing is recognizing a thought and changing it to a different thought or, or an alternative thought, and it's good to find not something that's just positive because positivity helps, but it only helps for a little while. Your mind will go back to, you know, what it believes. So the idea is to change the belief using the truth of the word of God. And in some cases, using the truth of what you've experienced. Like my grandmother thought that I was the end all and be all, you know, she just thought I was the best thing since since life sliced bread. And I forgot that I was valued along the way, going to school and, you know, experiencing things through my peers and growing up and experiencing disappointment. Somehow I forgot that I was loved, dearly loved and wanted. I started remembering that when I became a disciple of Jesus and when I started uh, reading the Bible and applying it. But it's like you you have to apply whatever it is you learn so that you can yeah. change the structure of your thinking patterns, change the structure yeah. of your cognitions. Yeah, get to the root of it because mm-hmm. otherwise yeah. it's just like a Band-Aid, like you're saying, it's temporary. Okay, mm-hmm. what is the biggest tool someone can have for managing their thoughts? Truth. Truth is the biggest tool. Yeah. Thinking mm-hmm. through what am I thinking about and writing it down and then asking yourself, well, when were there times in my life, what is the evidence that this isn't true? 
or what is the evidence that this hasn't always been true or this isn't always true? And then if you can find a scripture to match it and the internet, uh, the algorithms are very savvy. You can put in whatever you want, however you want to phrase something and you'll find, you know, answers. So if you put in scriptures for helping me change my thought patterns, it'll lead you to scriptures for that. So if the belief that you're uh, fighting is I am not good enough, if you were to think of through times of, well, I was able to get through this project or accomplish that task, or I've gotten accolades from my peers, my peers think I do well, you can also write those down, you know, and examples of those because the brain wants evidence. Like it doesn't just want you know, you to just say positive things. It wants evidence. So when you're doing this, what you're doing is challenging that thought or belief. And then right into Google or whatever is your favorite search engine, uh, scriptures that tell me that I am good enough. And then you will get some of the scriptures that I named earlier and, and others. Like there's one site, I can't think of it. I think it's called Bible verse, but it's whatever you put in, they'll give you a hundred scriptures for it. Somehow they're yeah. able to find a hundred scriptures for that, that topic, you know? Yeah. Another one I really like, I think is God questions or something questions about God and you can just type in a question and then it comes with a bit of wisdom, but then scripture verses all to back it up. And so that yeah. one's a good one. Okay. So how would somebody, if they're, you know, learning to hear God's voice, how can they determine God's voice, their own voice, the enemy's voice? Yeah. Well, each, each, um, each of the voices have their own chapter in the book and I go you know, through okay, it quite yeah. extensively on self, yeah, Satan, do. society and savior. But I'll give you like a little, I'll give your listeners a little something from each self. In the book, I talk about how self can be, the self channel can be an affiliate of either the God network or the Satan network, depending on what it is you're thinking about. If you are having thoughts that are disparaging and that tear you down, it's probably coming from your experiences of people telling you that or you developing beliefs and making agreements with that belief over time. Mm -hmm. And so that's usually from the Satan voice if uh, of, um, network. If you are able to, yes, I am worthy. Yes, I do have value. Let, that may be coming, that's coming from the Holy Spirit. And it, it may also be coming from the self-affiliate, but it's from the edifying experiences and edifying people in your life. Satan will always lie to you. You know, he rushes you. In the, in the book, I say he's like a used car salesman where, you know, it's like, act now, buy now. Like anything that's, any thought that's running through your mind to get you or force you to make some kind of decision without using your God-given ability to think through. Like we are the mm -hmm. only creatures created by God that, you know, can think through. And God wants you to think through. He gave you a mind so that you can use it and turn things over in your mind. Because what is good for one person may not necessarily be good for you. So if if there's thoughts that's getting you to just make some kind of rash or rust decision, more than likely mm -hmm. is coming from Satan. Um, mm -hmm. thoughts of comparison, thoughts of, you know, society is the only, the other one that can be an affiliate of 
you know, uh, Satan or savior. I think God uses media and social media, like people vilify media and social media. And there's a lot of disparaging things that come through the media and through social media, but there's a lot of good as well. You kind of have to weigh what you're thinking about and what you're feeling. If it's, if you see something in the media or social media that um, prompts you to take care of yourself or give to others or take care of others, then that's a good thing. But if you're comparing or you feel less than, or you feel not as good as, then don't listen to that. The savior's voice, you know, will tell you that you are wanted, you are loved, you are holy, you know, through your connection with Christ, through the Holy Spirit and things like that. But again, like each of the chapters go into much more detail about how you can learn how to tell the difference between each one of them. Yeah, it's so good. Is there anything else you'd like to share about the book? And I always like to end us with a takeaway, something that the listener can ponder on or take action in. Yeah, what I hope for this book is that people will start to listen to the Savior's voice more than they listen to all of the others. And what I would want your listeners to know is that you are loved you are wanted, you are dearly wanted. Like I, I mentioned uh, Jeremiah 33, three as my favorite scripture. I have lots of favorite scriptures, but one of my new favorites uh, is the entire John 14 and 15, because it's Jesus talking like through that whole thing. If you want to know some of the stuff that the savior has to say, refer to John, you know, 14 and, and 15. And he's talking about how much he wants to give to you. Like if you ask, in his name and for his sake. He's talking about how much, you know, he, you are wanted and how much you are loved and and the role of the Holy Spirit and tuning in, you know, to the Holy Spirit. So referring to those two chapters and really taking your time, those two chapters will help you to grow to believe and hopefully make an agreement because the way it happens, the way life happens is something will happen to you you will have a thought about it. You will develop a belief. And if that belief is there long enough and it's, then you make an agreement with it. And once it's an agreement, it's all in the nearer circuitry of your brain. And that works both ways. It works with negative and bad stuff, but it also works with affirming and uplifting things as well. Train yourself to make agreements with the truth of God's word and make agreements with the truth of who he says you are. And so I, I, that's what I really hope that, you know, people who read the book and people who listen to this uh, cast will take away for themselves. Amen. It's so good. Thank you, Tracy. Where can people okay. connect with you and get this awesome book? The book is available on Amazon. And if you put in my name, Tracy Terrace, T-R-A-C-Y, T as in Tom, A-R-I-S, it'll come right up. You can put in uh, the title, Many Voices, One Truth. But other books will come up as well as that one. But so go straight to my name to go straight to the book. And I'm on Instagram. My uh, private practice is Healing the Mind and Spirit. So on Instagram, it's at Healing the Mind and Spirit. It's also on Twitter at, at Healing the Mind and Spirit. And I have a website, www.healingthemindandspirit. So like I said, we're a group private practice. So if you are in the state of California, and you want some therapy, you can go on the website, look at our staff, and there's the bios that are there. You can choose 
which one you think would be uh, compatible with whatever it is you want to work on and then call our office in and our assistant, Emily, will pair you with the right therapist. And that's for the entire state of California because we offer in-person services. This is our office. Uh, these are our offices. We have other offices in this building. And if you want to connect with me as a writer, I'm on Instagram at Tracy Terrace and TracyTerrace.com. You can go on there and subscribe to my email list. And if you subscribe to my email list, you'll get a free download of an ebook called Mindful Meditations. And so you will have access to that. And I forgot to mention about therapy. We also offer telehealth. So anyone in the state of California, you can call. So great. Well, you're doing some amazing stuff for God's kingdom. And I appreciate you coming on here and sharing all your wonderful wisdom and your personal story. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. I've enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for listening today. And I trust that God has encouraged you through this story. Did you know this podcast is on YouTube? Hop on there and subscribe and you can see a live recording of each episode. And for more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com. That's J-A-Y-M-E elizabeth.com and let's connect beyond this podcast by going to my instagram handle jamie elizabeth she speaks life or facebook until next time my friend i hope god reveals himself through your own life story